Well, hello everybody. This is Corey Warden. I'm the administrator for the ASSP Healthcare Practice Specialty, and today you're listening to the ASSP Health Beat podcast. So we appreciate you joining us today. We have a great episode. It's a very unique one today. Today joining us, we have Jeff Newman, who's a, a prolific rock band tour manager who's done a lot of work over the years with bands like The Descendants, Rise Against, Less Than Jake, Bouncing Souls, and all kinds of bands. So today, what we're going to be talking about is the way they address safety with a with an industry like like music, where they deal with touring and traveling and late nights and large crowds and electricity and all different kinds of factors and and different hazards in there. So we figured that it'd be a cool idea to talk about how these things correlate to different industries and also something something that we consider fun, you know, especially in a time like this with a pandemic going on a year. Things like music are, are good for mental health and wellness. So today we're going to be talking to Jeff on a phone interview. And of course, he's got a lot of great things to say. So we'll go ahead and get into that now. Jeff, we appreciate you being here today. Hey, thanks for having me, Corey. <laughs> Sorry, that was my, my dog making that noise in the background. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks for having me. What had happened, um, getting into the touring aspect of this was... Um, with, you know, doing latchkey kids, um, playing in a band and stuff and just meeting all these other bands and things like that. Um, I got uh, a call from, from one of our mutual friends, Damon Delapaz from 30 foot fall, who was playing in, uh, in, uh, River Phoenix at the time, AKA Phoenix TX. And he called me and I was actually, um, while I was doing latchkey kids, I was a baker at a bagel shop and uh <laughs> making bagels at all odd hours of the, the night and things like that. Like after we would play a show, go go to work and make bagels. And uh anyway Damon called me and said, Hey, we were you know, we're going on tour with Blink one eighty two. Um, you wanna come out? So I w they wanted me just to come out just to hang out and, you know, just just kind of be their bro out on tour. And I kind of have this gene to where I can't do that and I have to be busy doing stuff and working. So while, you know, they, while I was out with them, basically they picked me up and immediately put me in the driver's seat and had me driving. And then we would get to the shows and I would be setting everything up and doing things like that. And their manager at the time was Mark Hoppus from the band Blink-182, and he saw me working and uh, just kind of not ever stopping. And he told the guys, hey, that's your new tour manager. You guys need to hire him. So that's kind of how I fell into my lap. Um, it was in November of 1998 that that happened, and I've been doing it ever since. Um, so... I've done everything from from teching side of things to uh, tour management, and that's what I currently do now with the descendants side. I actually, I tour manage. I am the back the backline tech, um, the travel agent, the 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 kind of everything for for those guys. So, um, yeah, I just kind of do everything. We kind of wear a lot of hats with the bands that I work with. Yeah, that's that's outstanding is I know there's a lot that goes on with that, that that most people don't don't hear or see, you know, to get the band on the stage for that two hour set each night. 
So as, as you know, you know, that requires all, all different kinds of management. And so one of the things that we always talk about with organizations, you know, especially hospitals, is that, you know, for the operations to happen, like in our case, we'll be talking about, you know, for the for the physicians to be able to treat patients and for the nurses to take care of patients and for them to do x-rays and surgery, you know, the safety has to be there. Otherwise, someone will get hurt on the way or during the operation. And I know right. there's been a lot of these issues in the past. We usually only hear about the worst of them, you know, like when um, Metallica had the, the bus crash back in the 80s that killed mm-hmm. Berkeley Square and when um, at the drive-in flipped their van a couple times. I remember that. But right. um there's a lot of this stuff that goes on to, to get those bands on stage. So we kind of wanted to get into that a little bit. So one of the first things, you know, with all that y'all do, like you said, a lot of driving and a lot of traveling and uh, every night you've got a, you know, a, a venue full of people, you know, usually mm-hmm. they're adoring fans, but there are a lot of people, you know, so what are some of the different things that you've seen like hazards and threats, things that, that may hurt somebody? Well, you know, Things kind of changed a lot once, once you know, the Dimebag Daryl got shot um, in Pantera. Uh, that kind of changed a whole lot of things. And also when, uh, what was it, um, God, who was the band that, like, did the pyrotechnics on the inside of the club yeah. and burned the Great. club up? Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they did that. Um, that kind of changed a lot of things too. You know, obviously, you know, the pyro stopped inside of venues, which is not a smart idea to begin with. Um, but when the thing happened with, with Dime, um, security became like a, a real, real thing with, you know, like in, everything was locked down. They really didn't want to have a lot of people backstage anymore. Uh, the bands were more paranoid about things, um, you know, things that we didn't think about before, especially, you know, with, with my bands, you, you know, the punk bands are, are mainly like smaller, smaller bands and, you know, they don't really think about these kind of safety measures that much. Um, you know, th- then it became, well, this is, this is the, the club would come up to you and go, okay, well, this is the escape route if anything happens. So, this is what you do with your team if, if something weird happens, you know, like they would have a, a walk me through a back access or whatever to like a, a safety room or, you know, a way out of the venue to get to the, the bus or, you know, just a variety of different things just to avoid any kind of conflict if it arose, you know. So it was kind of a weird, it was kind of a weird time after that happen you know getting readjusted to to life in venues and how they operate yeah absolutely yeah like you like you just said you know there's that threat of potential violence and then there's of course the threat of you know fire and anything mm-hmm. that, that may cause a fire hazard like you said with pyros and whatnot mm-hmm. um did i remember back in 2015, the Eagles of Death Metal show in Paris. Did um did that become a, a talking point within y'all's community? Yeah, yeah, and that that was that was really weird. Um, that that night, I was actually on Facebook going back and forth when that was un- unfolding and going on. I was on Facebook talking with friends back and forth who, you know, I I'm 
Sparta, when I worked for Sparta, we had done shows with, with, with those guys and stuff and we knew them from, uh, you know, Queens of the Stone Age and things like that. So, you know, it was like we, we knew people in that camp. So a lot of us were just going back and forth trying to figure out what it, you know, what was going on and what had happened. I'd actually been to that venue before in, in Paris on tour with Sparta. Um, we, we played there with the John Spencer Blues explosion. Um, you know, so it was kind of, it was kind of strange, uh, when that was going down. Cause like, Hey, I've been there. I know the layout of the club. I know every, you know, I can visualize, you know, the, what, what happened and where it happened, you know, um, I personally did not know the uh, merch guy who who passed away in that incident, but I do know people who who do know him and have toured with him before. So, you know, it it really that kind of you know, I mean, it, it's just like the Dimebag Girl thing. You know, it changed it just changed a lot of things, and everybody got really paranoid about people backstage and, and like, you know, security up front and things like that. Cause I mean, a lot of the bands that I work for, you know, they've got kind of fanatical fans or whatever, you know, collectors and things like that. But, you know, they're, they're more on a, a, a more mellow level. They're not, you know, they, they don't want to get a piece of your hair or, you know, <laughs> or anything insane like that. But, you know, you never know. I mean, it's, you you, you can't, you can't really gauge people and what they're going to do and how they're going to react. And, you know, you just have to take the proper measures to make sure your guys are safe and, and you know, everybody's safe, your whole crew and all that. Because, I mean, if you think about it, you know, you got your front of house guy who's out in the middle of the crowd, you know, just surrounded by some bike barricade. That's easy to, you know, get around. And, you know, if somebody wants to get on stage, they'll find a way to get on stage. You know, so, and there's yeah. really, you know, there's only your frontline security. There's no guys on stage. The only guy on stage to do anything if somebody gets up there is me. And for instance, with the descendants, you know, with when I was working for Tenacious D, we had security detail who stood on the side of the stage. And if anybody got up there, they were off stage real fast, you know, so. It only happened once with Tenacious D, but with, with, you know, with punk bands, you know, every, there's a lot of people on stage a lot of the times, you know, so it's, it's just a, it's constantly a, a worry that something could happen, especially if you're working for Pennywise. Yeah. I remember you telling me that once, once upon a time, how everybody else's favorite Pennywise songs are the ones that you dread because everybody gets on stage and breaks the mics and monitors. Oh yeah, Bro Him, the very last song that they always play. It's just the staple last song that they've played for years is always the, the tech nightmare because there's anywhere from anywhere from 20 to 100 people on stage. You know, so a lot of factors and a lot of, you know, a lot of testosterone and, and, uh, you know, just insanity within that, you know, three, four minutes. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I can imagine, you know, I've also, I've also seen, um, you know, a number of the videos from Descendants tours when, when y'all have been in, 
like Croatia or whatnot. And I, I've always noticed that every time you have to keep a hand on to the back of Milo's shirt uh, during the Descendant song, otherwise he'll he'll tip off and fall into the crowd. Have, have y'all ever had any any fears, any, anything that seems sketchy with with anything? Um, no, I mean. I, for the most part, the crowd's pretty respectful, you know, especially with the descendants. They're, you know, they're, they're respectful. And, and, you know, Milo, Milo's kind of a loose cannon. He'll go down in the crowd, you know, maybe multiple times. Now that we have him on a wireless mic, now he feels way, he's got a lot more freedom to like go down in the pit. Usually, he would just go down during thank you and have the crowd sing with him or whatever. But, you know, it's been a while since, you know, we haven't, we haven't gone out in about a year. Well, it's almost been a year and a half now that I've, I've seen those guys because of COVID. Um, and we don't have anything scheduled until next March right now. So, you know, it's uh I can't really, I can't really say, you know, what his, what his habits will be once we get back into this because, you know, since COVID, you know, who, it's going to be really interesting to go back and see what the safety procedures are going to be now. Cause now, you know, my guys are older. They're really worried about it. Everybody's been vaccinated. However, you know, it still doesn't matter. You're, you're dealing with a crowd. You're dealing with a bunch of people. And you, you know, maybe he'll just be too paranoid to go down into the into the pit. You know, if he's feeling sick, he won't go down there. Um, but now I think you know, since it's every everybody could potentially be sick. You know, I don't I don't think he'll be going down there much anymore and getting too close to people. Yeah, that that's um, that's a great point that you bring up. You know, is that. There's of course the the hazards and the threats with you know potential violence and mm-hmm. you've got uh, fire hazards and natural disasters. Um, but then we have this COVID-19 pandemic. You know, of course, mm-hmm. everybody's been dealing with, and that's certainly certainly relevant to healthcare providers. Um, so, what are some of the things that that have been talked about with the COVID-19? I know that all the shows you know kind of abruptly stopped this time last year, but um, oh. you, you were saying that y'all were looking at about about a year from now to start being active again yeah we were we were um scheduled to have to to do two european tours this year um one in uh july and then one in uh, excuse me uh june and one in august and uh june got canceled already and we're about 95 percent sure that the the second tour is going to be canceled but still waiting on the on the final you know, the final yay or nay on that, um, you know, it, it just depends. Uh, the first tour was UK mainly. The second tour is more Germany, uh, Slovenia, and things like that. So just not sure if those are going to happen yet. Um, I, I would, I hope they would because, I mean, I've been kind of stir-crazy sitting at home myself. You know, I'd, I'd <laughs> rather go out and uh, see the world um, for a couple of weeks here and there. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think it's, it's probably wiser to wait. So everybody's, you know, everybody could be vaccinated and, or, you know, the threat level is down to where people are comfortable, you know, because 
you know, watching watching the pod, everybody doing their live live uh, you know streams and things like that. Like after one song, I'm bored. It's like you know, there's nobody watching you. You're just trying to rock a show with some lights going on and stuff. And it's like it's just not the same vibe. You know, you don't have the human interaction. You don't have the you know the crowd and everything. It's just kind of it's it's kind of like watching a show in Japan because Japan at the end of the shows, they're so polite and respectful. It's like they clap and then it's just dead silent. Wow. You know, it's not like, it's not like, you know, here in the States or Europe where people are just yelling at you the whole time you're on, you're on stage to play this or do that, you know? So it's, it's, uh, it's just weird watching the, the live streams and I, I'm ready for live music to actually come back, which there are some shows happening. Um, Australia's pretty much opened up. Um, and then potentially there's some shows going on at the end of May. So I know that, uh, it's like Pennywise, Bad Religion, Good Rich Face to Face show in Arizona called Punk in the Park. So I'm actually really interested to see how that goes because that'll be kind of the first thing and how how are they going to do it and i mean is the crowd going to be segregated in little cubes you know that's going to be real hard for a punk show or is it just going to be let them all in and you know old school so you don't really don't really know it's kind of the first thing that's like really on the books and supposedly happening so i guess we'll know on may 29th how that goes Definitely, yeah. You know what? That's a lot of stuff that we've been involved in. Mm-hmm. The, the procedures for all that, you know. So of course, right. the the first step is you know to avoid congregations. But if we're going to take on a event that has a congregation, then we have the the potential, like you said, you know, for physical separation or barriers. And if we can't do that, then we have the distancing and we have the face covers. You know, so there's there's levels of exposure prevention. It just depends on you know how how deep we want to go and how much risk you know, the, the organization willing to accept. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely be interested to see how things start to go as more and more things happen. Um, yeah. You know, so speaking of, like you were saying, the difference between the Japanese culture, you know, very, very, very respectful and kind of kind of calm, if you will, versus, you know, I've been to some of the shows that, that you've, you've done here. Mm-hmm. And I, I've seen, you know, everything from people throwing bottles at the band and, you know, all kinds of stuff. Um do you think that there's any correlation there? Um, I'm trying to think how to word this. Um, do you think there's things that some of the bands have in common that may instigate that kind of, kind of, um, I don't want to say aggression, but that kind of like, uh, just the fans getting real crazy. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a punk band and, or, you know, it's just aggressive music and it just kind of brings out the, you know, the, just kind of brings that out in people, you know, I mean, I'm old now. I haven't been in a pit or done anything like that since like bad religion, green day at numbers. I mean, that was so long ago, you know, like <laughs> I just, yeah, it's like, I mean, that's the last pit that I was ever in, you know, like I, I just, I don't know. I like watching the music and listening to it and just watching the show. I don't, I don't want to get in it and be insane or do any of that. You know, I've kind of, I, maybe it's just because I've done this for so long that, uh, you know, I just 
I respect the bands and their space and just try to stay out of their their way while they're putting on their show and doing their thing, you know. I mean, I've been a tech for so long, so it's, I'm, I'm used to just being in the back, in the dark, and not, you know, I don't know. So maybe that's, maybe that's just, maybe that's just how, you know, just me or whatever. But, um, you know, I like, I like giving the bands their space and things like that. And, and like, I, I find it like really odd when, you know, people are watching on the side of the stage and then decide just to like walk out on the stage and like be, try to be part of the show and things like that. It's like, I've gotten into plenty of altercations like that with descendant shows with, with people, you know, just kind of overstepping that bound or whatever. And I mean, sometimes it's their friends who, you know, they put on the list themselves and just like, come on, man, you know, got to ring them up and get them, get them, <laughs> get them back. And, you know, it's just, they just get caught up in the moment. And I, I just, I just don't do that anymore. I think I'm just kind of desensitized to all the, all of it because it's, it's kind of groundhog day for me. It's every day. It's the same. Yeah. I mean, maybe a different, different set of, of, of issues, meaning like, Oh, the load ins different or, Hey, we have stairs today to bring all the gear up or, you know, the, the, the escape route is, you know, the escape route's different every day, you know, um, th- th- those are my, those are my issues. Not, you know, <laughs> not, not the show and getting caught up in it, you know, just, the, the whole routine of it, the same, same yeah. but different, slightly different but the same every day. You know, just yeah. wake wake up, new city, and do it again. Yeah, that's what I think. It's, I think it's always so interesting is whenever whenever I talk to people. You know, my my experience with with touring is relatively limited. You know, mm-hmm. um, but um, it's always interesting when I explain to people. You know how we. Like like you said, you know, issues like having to carry a, a base cabinet up a flight of stairs. You know, most people don't think about that in terms of the the fun, you know, the fun rock show. But all that has to happen first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, typically, like, um, like a day for us would be get into the venue around noon and set everything up. Um, Three o'clock sound check. Four o'clock, the guy's you know, go away, have some food, take a nap. And, you know, then we get the other bands set up to sound check and do their thing. Doors at seven and, and, you know, rock show at 10 for my guys or nine thirty, and play for an hour or so hour and change and then pack it all up and hit the road and go to the next city and do it all again the next day. You know, it's, it's, it was a lot, I mean, it was also, it's a lot different when you're in the van, you know, I mean, as opposed to a bus or, or flying everywhere. I mean, all, there's so many different aspects. I mean, like, like you, I started in the van, you know, and kind of go at your own leisure and show up when you show up and set up and do that kind of thing. Uh, you know, sleeping in a van, sleeping on people's floors, then, you know, Moving up to an RV, sleeping on the RV to save money, then then do a bus, and then to flying everywhere, which is a whole different you know ball of wax. You know, this, the logistics of flying everywhere seems seems glamorous, but it's it's definitely more of a, a pain in the rump. Like uh, 
making sure all your gear shows up on that flight because we we actually fly with 13 pieces of gear which are you know our front of house and monitor desk those fly with us and and all the accoutrement that goes with that and the in-ear system and everything and it's just if you the, the airline loses one piece you're you're pretty screwed and scrambling around and calling audio companies to bring you something that you need last minute you know it's it's all kinds of fun logistics and things like that to deal with yeah definitely definitely um so yeah let's let's get into some of the some of the finer points so as far as you know the way that y'all think about these things the first thing we look at you know within within the operation you know like in in our case we'd be talking about a hospital or or a public health operation, you know, in your case, the, the band and the crew. So do y'all have any kind of any kind of um, factors that you look for as far as scheduling, like the length of the tour or the kind of managed fatigue, like making sure everybody's getting enough rest, kind of wellness things? Do you have any of that you look for? Um, well, I mean, with, with the sentence that, that, you know, we do what we call the country music schedule where we leave on a Wednesday and we're home on a Monday. And then we have like a week and a half off or two weeks off. So it's really not getting hammered like on, you know, uh, like you're doing warp tour and you're out for like nine weeks straight, you know. So the guys are able to, you know, take care of themselves better that way. You know, I mean, Milo has his, you know, vocal issues and things like that. And if he's sick, then, you know, it's, it's definitely not a fun fun thing to deal with on tour um you know for the shows um but yeah i mean the for the most part we don't we're not we're not going non-stop to where you know the guy's health is is you know i mean obviously we care about their health and want to make sure that they you know are you know well enough to do the show and things like that but we go out with for such short bursts that i don't really think Many people, you know, they don't really think about it that much. Now, Milo's the adventurous one in the in the group where he brings, like, a, a foldable bike and he puts it in the bay of the bus and then he goes on bike rides during the day, you know. So, or he'll, if we're in Colorado, he'll go kayaking or something like that. So, he's kind of my, the wild card for me as far as safety goes because you know you don't want your guys skateboarding you don't want them like doing anything <laughs> potentially they could like hurt themselves and you know be out you know and like not be able to do the show when i was when i was in europe with george benson um we were in italy doing a show and my production manager came running up to me he's like the show may be canceled I'm like, well, what happened? He's like, well, the boss fell in the uh, in the sauna. So George would sit in the sauna all day, just drink drink booze and, and hang out in the sauna to sweat it out. So, um, you know, he fell in the sauna. So, But he made the show. It was a rip. I mean, it was scary to me because I was over in Europe for a three-tour stint, meaning I – did, I was doing three separate tours and George was my middle tour and it had only been like a week into the tour and we still had like three weeks to go 
and then I was going to bad religion after that. So it's like, well, what if I'm, what am I going to do? Be stuck in Europe for three weeks. You know, if this tour gets canceled and everybody goes home, what am I going to do? You know, but thank God he was okay and the, and the show went on. But yeah, there's always just those safety factors. You don't want your guys doing anything risky to, to harm themselves or anything like that. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. They, you know, the flip trips involved, that's, that's, that's a oh, yeah. any, mm-hmm. any business for sure. Um, yeah, that's interesting stuff. Um, looking out, you know, with, we talk about with risk management, you know, is mm-hmm. there's some things that you want to just avoid the risk altogether. So it sounds like, you know, you try to kind of, kind of steer the team to activities that aren't going to have someone break a wrist or anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, when I was out with Sparta and Incubus, the the guys every night, while all the crews were breaking down the gear and loading the tr- loading the trucks and the trailers, um, the Incubus guys and the Sparta guys like to play kickball, like out uh, in the in the parking lots of the stadium and stuff. And my drummer from Sparta, who I was teching for, Tony, um, went to kick the ball and actually landed on the ball and ended up fracturing his wrist and like this is during the tour in the middle of the tour so we had to have jose the drummer from incubus and ben the bass player from incubus play drums for the rest of the tour (laughs) so it was it was funny we stayed on the tour but ben and jose played and tony would sit next to them. I mean, I have pictures of all this. This is pretty funny. Like, Tony would just sit next to them and kind of conduct them while they were playing. I mean, they, you know, a couple shows in, they knew the songs and stuff like that, but, you know, it was, again, you know, you you don't think about it. You're playing kickball. I'm not going to hurt myself playing kickball, and then you break your hand. You know, that's not good for a musician, especially on a big stadium tour to do that, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Didn't there, um, and I only bring this up because I know it's public. It wasn't like anybody's, um, it wasn't the kind of information that's kept secret, but didn't, uh, Travis from Blake 182 break his hand once and Damon played drums on the arena tour? Yeah. Um, actually, we, yeah, we were on that tour. Um, and what had happened, uh, is, is Travis got jumped at a Taco Bell. And some guys just beat him up and he uh, fractured his wrist or broke his hand or something like that. So Damon did double duty. He did Phoenix and he did the Blink and he did Blink. But, you know, Blink kind of took him from us. They were like, well, he's he's riding on the bus with us. He's flying on the planes with us. And, you know, he'll just be there when you guys need to play. You know, so he... He kind of got a taste of the good life. From, we're, you know, we're in a van and traveling amongst all these buses and things like that. And Damon got whisked away on the blink bus and the and the planes and all of that stuff because he was, you know, he had to be with the the primaries for for that. You know, we were we were weren't having to show up at like seven eight a.m. to do setup and things like that. We got to, you know, we got to pull into town around three or four and get our gear up and do our line check and play the show. And, but Damon had to be there for the, uh, you know, got to make sure that the, the 
those guys are all there in the in the space. So you know, it was their tour. So he was their guy from that from that point on. So, but yeah. Yeah, it's interesting how the how those factors play together. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's, you were saying about line checks and everything. Also, have y'all ever seen any type of issues? Um, the one that comes to mind is on that. There's that no effects uh, backstage passport that that TV mm-hmm. series they did. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was an episode where they were in, I, I think it's like Peru. I don't remember, but it was somewhere in South America. And there was no no electrical coverage, no insulation. And uh, uh-huh. I remember Kent Jameson said, he didn't look right at the camera. He said, this is how people die. And I remember that always stuck with me because I thought, wow, there are a lot of electrical hazards on a stage. Um, do you always see stuff like that? Yeah. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's definitely uh, interesting when you're traveling abroad. I'll, I'll say it like that, you know, the, with how things how things are, you know, um, or lack thereof. You know, you kind of just make do with what you got. Um, you know, I remember. You know, we all. You know, when, when we're in the UK, we carry transformers with us and stuff like that. For you know, obviously, you know. Our stuff runs on 120 and they're on 220, you know, so there's always problems with transformers and things like that. I mean, we were descendants, we were over in China a couple of years ago and that was a whole new learning curve, you know, with how, how things were and operated. And, you know, that was, I mean, there's some exposed wires going on there. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, we're, we're in, uh, where were we? Um, we're in Slovenia and, um, played a club and you get there and you're like, well, I have to like build part of the stage today. You know, this isn't enough space or whatever. And, you know, or you, you got plenty of disco lights, but you don't have the proper stuff for an actual show. So, you know, there's there's always weird factors with, with, uh, you know, traveling abroad and, um, just that whole safety thing is, is totally kind of like secondary in some countries, you know, it, it, it just doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just, it is what it is. And it you is kind of just have to roll with it. And like, you know, like, I hope we don't all blow up, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I know also depending on the, the scale of the tour, of course, you know, with a lot of the big rooms like the arenas and especially mm-hmm. the stadiums, they've got those rigs, you know, that are way up high. What, yeah. what do y'all do as far as fall protection? As, as fall protection? Um, usually those, I mean, to be honest, like, that's not our department, really, like band or okay. us, but... You know, the sound company, it's it, normally all those things are safetyed off, you know, and, and done really well. Um, the one hazard you have to watch out for, especially if you're doing like an outdoor festival. I mean, this is, this has happened plenty of times with us. Um, you know, especially on out with Rise Against and I believe it was Kukul Pop, um, in Belgium the one year the stage collapsed um due to high winds um that's it's happened a few times actually um but i i know that we were at um i was out with rise against after that so everybody was super paranoid i mean they bring they bring uh um 
what do you call it? Trying to think what do you call it? meteorologists with some of the larger brands bring like a meteorologist with them and have like all kinds of instrumentation out there tracking the weather, tracking the wind and all of that kind of stuff. Like especially at the, the larger European outdoor festivals, just, you know, I mean, I was out, I'm trying to think, I think it was, in, God, I'm trying to think of the festival it was. Uh, sorry. I, so many festivals that I've done that I can't keep track of all of them. But we were in one, um, in Europe with, with, uh, Rise Against and, you know, the wind whipped up really bad and, uh, you know, everybody's like clear the stage, you know, we had to clear the stage and wait for about 30 minutes for the wind to die down because the speakers and the video monitors, everything is just like waving all over the, all over the stage and stuff. And it's just, you don't want to, you know, with that stuff swinging around in the wind, it could weaken a weak weaken a point in the in the truss or whatever. The stage could collapse, and just you don't want to be on a stage like that at all if that's happening. So, just for safety precautions, clear the stage and wait for the wind to die, and tell us when we can go back. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely interesting how they have a the meteorologist, and they're able to check. That's, that's yeah. something we have to search for with. With all of our, like our outdoor vaccination operations and COVID-19 testing and everything that's happening right now, we, we do the same thing where we watch the weather consistently yeah. throughout the day and we have bulletins for any type of threats or internal changes. And, right. Um, yeah, interesting stuff, how y'all keep that all together. Um, and I know the other thing, you know, obviously, of course, the equipment you know, very heavy, especially with all the road cases and everything. Do y'all have all that rigged up so that people... You know, the crew like a voice hurting their back and things like that. Uh, I'm sorry, repeat that last part. On yard equipment, do you have that rig to where it's on like like cars with wheels and the road cases and everything so that people don't hurt their backs and everything? Well, yeah, most of the most of well, our cases we fly with them, so like ours are just they can't be above seventy pounds. So, so that the ones that we fly with don't have wheels. Some of them, I mean, some of them do, but, um, really since we're flying, our cases don't have wheels. However, like when I'm with traveling with other bands, like Avenged Sevenfold or Rise Against, everything's on wheels. So that'll be on an 18 wheeler back up to a dock and just roll it out. You know, it's, it's really easy. And then if a, a case, if you have something not on a case, you put it on, Put it on wheels, you know, work, work smarter, not harder, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. If, with the those ergonomics, we, we have a lot of those types of injuries where, mm-hmm. especially when people are, you know, having to handle patients, you know, other people that weigh up to, mm-hmm. you know, up to 400 pounds and whatnot, then you have all the equipment. Right. So it's, it's interesting. Um, I like I mean, how y'all... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, uh, no, go ahead. You like how what? Oh, I was just saying, I like how y'all are able to engineer that so that it, it removes the, you know, the, a lot of the weight off the person. Right. You know, I mean, and I, I have injured myself before, like lifting cases by myself because I'm impatient or, you know, I'm tired of, you know, just impatience really is, is how you hurt yourself. It's, you just want to be done for the night. It's been a long day. You're ready to just like, sit and relax and 
you grab a case the wrong way to throw it in the in the trailer or whatever, and you know that's just not not a not a good thing. So I, it took me a long time to you know ask for help or you know be be like, hey, you know, really got a two man this. I can't do this by myself. I would always just try to you know rhino it and just do it myself and. Uh, you end up hurting yourself and it's not good. And now, you know, being 48 now, like I'm not trying to do anything by myself or hurt myself <laughs> anymore. You know, skateboarding hurts these days when you fall, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. It's not like you can't bounce back like when you're, when you're in your teens or your 20s. That's definitely true. Yeah. Yeah, it's it. Very interesting stuff. I mean, you've got the between the the weather and the stage setup and the equipment, and then <clears throat> excuse me, the you know the band's wellness and the crew's wellness and mm-hmm. watching out for all those things, and then you got the fatigue and the long night. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of stuff going on there. That, that's great that y'all are y'all are so so able to work all that out. Um, yeah. You sure enjoy getting the shows when they come around. Mm-hmm. But um. Well, cool, man. Great, great talk. I appreciate all the information. Um, yeah. Anything else that you want to, anything else you want to um, put out there or, or plug before we sign off today? Oh, no, man. I mean, just you know, hopefully we're all back to enjoying live music soon. You know, I mean, I think we've all been sitting inside long enough, and and uh, you know, I mean, obviously we need to wait till it's safe to do that to 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 go back out and enjoy live music but hopefully that's coming soon cuz i'm kind of going stir crazy not seeing any shows and i'm real jealous of the people going on may 29th to uh to the show in arizona you know <laughs> yeah yeah we a lot of know. a lot of bands i like on that and you yeah, like yeah it's a good lineup yeah yeah but yeah, you know, um, one thing I was going to say, you know, just to kind of wrap it all up is, you know, with all of our, all of our healthcare workers, you know, we've, we've all been working in the seven day weeks and just trying to, mm-hmm. trying to negotiate this pandemic, you know, and push us out of it. Um, and I know that within that, you know, the public perception is a huge part of that and getting the, you know, the public support for, for things like the face covers and the social distancing mm-hmm. and people being willing to, willing to, make these sacrifices you know, for the for the greater good. So we certainly appreciate, you know, if you want to pass it on to all the bands. I know they've been very vocal about keeping things safe and social Oh, yeah. Oh, for you know, sure. Descendants did the um, My Logo Nowhere t-shirt that mm-hmm. uh, Chris Sherry did. So, yeah. Um, and we got, and we, and we put out masks as well, you know. Oh, cool. I didn't see that. Yeah. Yeah, we did. We did the sentence masks also. It, it was funny. Like we uh, suggested that to a bunch of bands when this first started last last March, and a lot of bands were like weird about like oh, I don't know about putting out masks. That's kind of weird. And now everybody's putting out masks. You know, it's like why not? It's a good piece of merch. You rock your favorite band on your face. You know, like <laughs> why not? Be safe and represent your favorite band. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it um, you know, like I said, it, it keeps the it keeps the support going, you know. And so when it comes from you know people's favorite bands, it really goes a long way. So we we appreciate that from all y'all. 
Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I'm vaccinated. I still wear my mask. You know, I, I'm not taking it off anytime soon. So, you know, I just, I, I wish everybody would do that so we could just get past it. You know, so. Totally, totally. Yeah, if we can keep the, keep the exposures down and get the vaccinations up, then we'll find our way out of this pandemic for sure. Definitely. Well, thanks for having me and talking to me. Oh, for sure. We appreciate you appreciate you joining us today. And um, I'll uh, I'll send you the the link and everything once I get the podcast live. Um, cool. But um, yeah, definitely stay in touch. We'll talk. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, man. All right. Thank you. Well, thanks. Take care. All right. Bye.